This is Pure Decking Show number stalling, stalling, 545 for Thursday, January, January, <laughs> December the 7th. I don't know how calendars work. Uh, this is a show about stuff that interests me, like information security, rigging the game. And is it is it still offensive to say Merry Christmas? Because if it is, a Merry Christmas. If it's not, eh, you know, whatever. Merry Christmas still? It's yeah. just you won't be angry about it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Besides, I would like to say it's not the Christmas season yet. We're still in Advent. Mm. Yes, but it is past Thanksgiving, so it is safe to decorate, do Christmas decorations, because it's only if you put up Christmas lights before Thanksgiving that Santa starts shooting elves. Nothing. God, Got it. I hope that's true. <laughs> 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 I'd start putting you up Fourth of July Just look at the death toll on the North Pole <sighs> Oh, nope I've misread the card It's not elves It was fairies He starts shooting fairies at gay bar Oh mm. Oh, that's what happened in Pulse <laughs> This guy's got a Christmas tree up Hey, it was not the FBI They did not drive the shooter to the event They didn't encourage it None of that happened. Oh, we're going to get ourselves in so much shit. <laughs> anyway, speaking of shooting, um, get your ammo before Christmas, boys. The price is about to go through the roof. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, NATO signed a $2.5 billion contract. Prices not, be going up, yo. It's not surprising. They uh, Everybody's wanting to stock up, given how crazy shit's getting. Mm -hmm. So, Luckily, I've got a small supply so yeah I got a nice crate by the most secure AR in my town under armed guard <laughs> you still <laughs> haven't gotten that back locker. nope you gotta call him up and say look guys it's Christmas I want a present <laughs> <laughs> I may do that on the 15th it's like, don't let them forget they have your property. He's, I'm fairly certain they don't give a shit. Don't make me go to Christmas lunch unarmed. <laughs> it's oh, like, that's not going to happen. It's like, guys, I've got to go to a family reunion, and I just... <laughs> I need to be armed. <laughs> it's like, you don't understand the teasing that will happen if I don't have it on my back when I show up. <laughs> the merciless yeah. mocking of the children. I just... <laughs> Anyways, do you have a uh, gaudy festival sweater for your gun, Madman? No, but I do have one for my beer. There you go, there's a market no one asked for. Beer Festive Christmas, Christmas fucking gun coasters. Gun no, sweater. I do want to uh, <laughs> ray paint one of my gun cases with elves and candy canes.
It seems evil for some reason. I'm not sure why. Because well, it's not. Sir, but it's, it's just... definitely murder, but it was festive murder. <laughs> Your Honor, he didn't have the Christmas spirit in his heart. You can see it there all over the tree. <laughs> <sighs> this got weird. Yeah, it's terrible. What's the uh, discussion for today? <laughs> I got the SARS Technica article. Um, PlayStation is erasing 1,318 seasons of Discovery shows from customer libraries. If you purchased any Discovery shows from the PlayStation Store, Sony has bad news for you. Uh, the company recently announced that all Discovery content purchased on the PlayStation Store will be erased before 2024. The brief notice signed by the PlayStation Store says, quote, As of the 31st of December 2023, due to our license or our content licensing arrangements with content providers, you will no longer be able to watch any of your previously purchased Discovery content, and the content will be removed from your video library. We sincerely thank you for your continued support. Unquote. We are stealing your shit. Fuck you. God, if I, I purchased it, it doesn't parking. matter what your agreements are. Exactly. I own it. We had an agreement. I give you money, you give me this shit. I gave you money, I want my shit. Well, the article goes into that a little bit here. So, PlayStation Network started selling TV shows and movies with 2008's PlayStation 3. At the time, you were allowed to transfer content to different Sony devices, Kotaku noted. The feature went away with the PlayStation 4. With the growth of streaming TV apps, many of which could be accessed through a PlayStation, the PlayStation Store stopped selling movies and TV shows in 2021. But there were users who had already purchased stuff from the PlayStation Store and, believe it or not, expected to be able to watch it when they want since, you know, they paid for it. Um, the author admits that he hasn't heard of a lot of the shows being deleted post-purchase. Shows getting axed from user libraries include Wives with Knives... The Lorraine Bobbitt story? No, okay. Um, An Idiot Abroad, Evil Twins, and Body Bazaar. When it comes to deadly uh, docu-series, PlayStation Store offered plenty, whether you were after deadly affairs, demands, dentists, devotion, sins, or, of course, women. I'm having fun with some of the most bizarre titles, of course, but there are also plenty of more well-known titles on the, sh- the list of purchased content being revoked, including American Chopper, Cake Boss, Mythbusters, that's probably the big one right there, Shark Week, and Say Yes to the Dress. Well, some of the content listed sounds a bit niche. There will there are in total 1,318 seasons of shows listed for deletion. That means there's a good chance uh, numerous users will be affected by Sony's announcement. And again, I think Mythbusters is probably the big one in that list. Uh, Sony's announcement doesn't provide much explanation for its move, besides pointing to content licensing agreements. It's possible that Sony Sony no longer had interest in paying a license or paying to license content from Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, especially considering the PlayStation Store stopped selling such content a couple of years ago. It's worth noting at the time, uh, Sony claimed that users would still be able to, quote, access movie and TV content they have purchased through PlayStation for on-demand playback through their PS4, PS5, and mobile devices, unquote. It's also possible that Warner Brothers Discovery has made it too expensive for Sony to license the content anymore. Uh, WBD is currently trying to add subscribers to its streaming apps, Max, which it formed this year by uniting HBO Max and Discovery Plus uh, streaming services and Discovery Plus. Uh, It was originally expected that Warner Brothers Discovery would eliminate Discovery Plus once Max came out. However, in February, Wall Street 
Journal, uh, citing anonymous sources, reported that uh, Warner Brothers decided to keep Discovery Plus active in fear of losing subscribers who didn't want to pay more for a Mac subscription. Um, so Discovery Month, uh, Discovery Plus monthly is four ninety nine. Max is nine ninety nine. Wall Street Journal's February report also claimed that Discovery Plus had quote low operating costs and is profitable unquote. In October, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery's president of international uh, Gehard Zeller said Max was quote getting slightly profitable. <laughs> Unquote. Slightly profitable. That's what it wow. says. That's uh that's that's uh investor confidence right there. That's high Slightly. praise. <laughs> uh-huh. As per the Hollywood Reporter. Warner Brother Discovery's Q3 2023 earnings report was the company's first full quarter since launching Max and the media giant's streaming business claimed profitability that quarter. It also reported losing seven hundred thousand subscribers compared to Q2 2023. Limiting the places where Discovery Plus content is available could lead people to uh, the streaming apps. This could also cause people to spend money on stuff they've already spent money on before. Sony's announcement is another painful reminder of the, quote, licensing arrangements, unquote, between digital media shoppers and online stores. Some online stores display distinct purchase buttons with phrasing like rent versus own. But users don't actually own the purchase content. Uh, online stores and streaming services can remove the media from unsuspecting, quote, owners, unquote, at any time. As stated in the terms of service for the PlayStation Network, under which the PlayStation Store falls, quote, all content provided through PSN is licensed on a non-exclusive and revocable basis, unquote. Similarly, similarly, PlayStation Software Product License Agreement states that, quote, software is licensed to you, not sold, unquote. This practice has become common outside of Sony, including from streaming services like Amazon Prime Video, which saw a class action uh, complaint against it about revoked content dismissed in 2022, and ebooks. So it's already been dismissed in court, trying to argue that, no, no, we own this shit. And the court said, well, actually, the very small print at the bottom of the page that you need a magnifying glass to read, um, you know, has some, you know, get out of jail free content or license or language for these companies. In 2022, Sony also deleted purchase media from German and Australian customer libraries. At the time, it also blamed licensing agreements. The realization has forced people to more deeply scrutinize their digital media purchases and subscriptions and how they value digital content. It's also leading to calls for investment in hard copies of media. As Forbes pointed out during a November screening of Oppenheimer, director Christopher Nolan gushed about the film's Blu-ray, calling it a version of the film that people can buy at, at, and own at home and put on a shelf so no evil streaming service can come and steal it from you. Unquote. As companies continue seeking ways to profit off the growth of, growth of streaming media, though, it's not always easy to find copies of things you want to watch, especially some of discussed. Uh, Discovery Plus's unique titles like Seasons 1 and 2 of the 1980s, The Deathliest Decade. No idea what show that is. Um, although online stores say they have the right to take away items you bought, it can still come as a surprise to the countless cu uh, customers who may not understand licensing agreements or tend not to read lengthy service agreements. Even if you know it's possible, seeing content you paid for suddenly disappear is a dis disappointment. The practice can also reduce access to hard-to-find yet treasured media like Best Funeral Ever, apparently. Ars Technica reached out to Sony for comment and hasn't heard back. So, here's the thing. One, I wonder when they say they haven't heard back by time of publication. 
I wonder if it was like, and, you know, email to Sony, five, four, three, two, one, publish. Because <laughs> we know they do shit like that. But yeah. I kind of assume that on most pay- on most reports. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, that's still a dick move on Sony's part to just take away shit people paid for. Oh, not only is it a dick move, I think there should be another lawsuit, and I want to see the reason that previous jurisdiction... Um, uh, fuck. Fine to proceed with the case or dismiss it. Because it's, it's in the license agreement in small print at the bottom that they can revoke content at any time. They also use the phrase sale, which does have a legal definition of I get to keep my shit. Well, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. So you have two contradictory legally defined terms. Well, in this so case, they, they need to be going with you're not purchasing this, you're renting it long term, or rent something that does not denote permanent ownership. But they need to they need to put an expiration date on it. Yeah, you lease. Know. You're leasing and you're leasing or long term renting <laughs> would be the phrasing. And the truth is, if you made it very clear that it was not a purchase, that it was you know just a long term rental, most people wouldn't bother. They just wait until they could rent it because you can most most of like I know Amazon does it and a few others do it where you can rent stuff for a couple of bucks and you'll have access to it for a few days or you can buy it and it sits in your library for so you can watch it whenever you want. But they often don't give you options for some things. TV shows is the one that usually comes to mind. You know, where. Sure, I've got some shows sitting in my Amazon Prime, mainly just because I wanted to watch them on TV, and it was quicker than, you know, hunting up a way to do it. And, you know, so yeah, paid for the convenience, right? I mean, that's the point. Make it easier than piracy, and most people will do it. But, you know, if you're going to fuck them over in a couple of years by, oh, yeah, actually, no, you don't get to have that anymore. One, not only are people going to go back to piracy, because you can't trust these companies. And they obviously don't respect you if they're just willing to delete shit out of your library and say, yeah, sorry about that. You know, thank you for your support. That was kind of the biggest kick in the dick in their announcement is after we're taking away your shit, thanks for your support. I mean, you know. But uh, I think... I think you have a legal right to go pirate any content that you have paid for. especially if they're removing your access to it. Anything that you purchased, yep. they stole it from you when you took when they took it out of your library. No, I you're mean you're not pirating at that point. You're If if I bought a v- your property. If I bought a VHS of Army of Darkness, I have the right to go on any piracy site I want and download that movie. Cuz I paid for it already. I'm picking that because that is actual VHS I bought back in the day. Just one that came to mind. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Mm. No, seriously, I think, I, you know, you've paid for the content. The, the people who made the content got their cut from your original purchase. At that point, you have the right to pirate it. I can see that so long as you're not watching it on multiple things at the same time. You could buy the one copy. But you couldn't, let's say, let me watch it at my house while you're watching it at yours. On this idea. Did purchase the one copy. Hmm. 
Although I think they claimed you had the right to make backup copies of your media. That's, yeah, that's, that's for backup purpose, not for use. That's true. Yeah, by the strictest interpretation of copyright, you're you're probably right about that. Um, but I, I still feel like once you've paid for it, you know, you know, if the original provider doesn't want to service it anymore, you still paid for it. You have the right to pirate it. And, you know, I know these media companies hate shit like that, but, you know, they need to get fucked. They don't, I, I don't like this idea that they control what you watch and can delete shit from your library. I don't like it. Once I buy it, it's mine. Right. Now, on the subscription models, I understand right now I can watch Farscape on five different streaming services. One of them might not have Farscape on it tomorrow. Yeah, no. But that's, I didn't that's... buy Farscape. I'm, I'm buying the subscription to that service. Yeah, you're paying for access. For the that's a ones. different thing. Yeah. I'm saying if you the... bought that content, you know, okay, okay, here's an example. Um, I bought one of the early seasons of Rick and Morty. I forget which one, like three maybe one of the early seasons of Rick and Morty I bought on Amazon just so I could watch it without having to dick around with it. It was already after it was already been out. So it was all, all thing, all the whole thing at once. Right. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say Amazon tomorrow says, yeah, our agreement with adult swim is, you know, we've decided we don't like them anymore. So you don't get access to your movies anymore. Okay. I should have the right to go on any pirate site. I want and download that entire season of Rick and Morty. I already paid for it. Yeah. And they also shouldn't have the right to take it away from you. You're right. They shouldn't. But if they're gonna if they're gonna reach into my if they're gonna steal shit from me, why can't I steal it back? I'm gonna go with you're not actually stealing it at this point because you're claiming your property. And if they don't have the right to sell it, then Adult Swim needs to sue them for claiming that they're selling it when they're really not. Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, guess who the pirate is? Not quite you. It's the person illegally selling Adult Swim shit to you. You thought you were making a legitimate purchase. What you know? Oh, actually, that's an interesting point, Madman. As opposed to suing them for, for, um, you know, I guess it, what would it be? Fraud for selling theft you a movie deception. and taking it away. Huh? Yeah, theft, theft by deception would be one. I was thinking false advertising. False advertising, and if they don't have the ability to legally sell it, it that is piracy, isn't it? Ah. <sighs> You know, I don't really know, but it kind of sounds like it is. <laughs> Are you? What do you think, man? Um, as someone who doesn't buy anything, dude, I uh, don't really have any skin in the game. Yo-ho. Okay. Exactly. But, um, it's a dick move by Sony. Well, I purchase things, but when I purchase a movie, I get a little plastic disc that I watch yeah. the movie from. It's, I wouldn't purchase anything digitally. I think that's I the right way to go. I just don't trust it. And starting to really question my um, digital copies of games now. The only thing that's going to bite me yep. in the dick is games. Because yeah, I'm a Steam fanboy. I am going to attempt to go back to physical copies again. I think it's worth doing. It's worth pursuing. And I mean, yeah, Blu-ray burners aren't, aren't expensive. Yeah, uh, it's just... I don't know, man. I just don't trust these companies anymore. They've burnt it's, too many bridges. It's not quite the expense of uh, Blu-ray burners. It's the, are they being released anymore? Because a lot of times when you go into a store and you're going to buy the hard copy yeah, of the game that you code. want, it's, here's the code to go download the game. Like, no, I don't want a code. I want a little piece of plastic 
that has the codes, the the game code on it, that I can load and download to any computer that I own. Uh. Is that's the whole thing I'm trying to get around is, um, Blizzard saying, "Oh, you don't own that version of StarCraft anymore." even though we were giving it away for free, and you downloaded it legitimately. When we were giving it away for free, we changed our mind. No, you didn't say long-term borrow. You said the original one was free, which well, I still bought for the... Uh, I bought the updated uh, graphics version, so I even own a copy of it to yeah. money for. Well, that's actually an interesting point. With Specifically, when you said Blizzard came to mind, you know, how many people bought their original copy of World of Warcraft back in the day. Oh, yeah, I've got DVDs of the first one and maybe the first two expansions. So, But now if you wanted to buy World of Warcraft, there's not a physical copy. You download the game. Well, right, but that's, that's one where you can't... That version on the disc you bought, you can't use it. Uh, you can't even play it now, yeah. And no, uh... Depending on, I can't play World of Warcraft Classic and Burning Crusade. Wait, haven't they been running Classic through the old expansions, though? I forget what expansion they're through. So, yeah, I guess if you're going with the very first copy of it that I bought, uh, it doesn't have Naximus on it because that was an expansion. Oh, not an expansion. That was a, um update. Yeah. So, I'm just wondering, I mean... You know, there is a logical conclusion somewhere at the, I mean, practicality eventually wins out too, but it's just one of these things where it's like, most media, especially media that doesn't have a, a, a remote component, like say an MMO, that requires a server, and games that shouldn't require a server to play, but do for some reason you should probably burn off physical copies of those, or at least put them on a hard drive, or something you know it's like oh it's only available streaming well fine learn to rip shit it's not you know it's not that hard yeah and on the mmo i did know what i was getting into and they did say the game and services will change that's true they, they but, were upfront about that with the mmos let's see um borderlands i don't have a physical copy of borderlands even though they were selling them if i were to have bought that and I don't know, they changed changed it to, uh, actually, that's not a good example, because they didn't change it. Um, the other Blizzard game, the first-person shooter, Overwatch. I think you could have gotten a physical copy of Overwatch, and now the original Overwatch doesn't exist. They, quote-unquote, gave you Overwatch 2, and I do the quotes because it's you don't get game. Overwatch 2, get bits of Overwatch 2. Is you have to buy season passes to get all the characters. Yeah, and so I'm, they reached into your library, they took away a game, they gave you the the free to play version of it, and now want you to pay for the updates. Yes, and I cannot go back and play the actual game that I purchased ever again. So, and the problem is. Companies wouldn't do this shit if they weren't able to get away with it. Most people are going to let them do it, which is why they do it. 
and I hate it, but uh, it defeats the whole argument for anti-piracy and the whole idea of property rights. I mean, whenever you're downloading a movie that you didn't pay for, you're stealing something. We can argue about how much you're stealing, but you are stealing. Sure. If they're not going to respect my property rights, why should their property rights be respected? This, the whole system of this is yours, that's mine, if one side doesn't respect it, the system falls apart. This isn't an argument for doing evil, but I'm just pointing out they're going to have more evil done if they are going to be evil. Well, actually, There's can, not I, a lot of absolutists that are going to say, I'm not going to steal from you even though you're stealing from me. Sure. And there's a very interesting example to point out for this. So, I mean, you know, it's no secret that I've been interested in the retro stuff and going back and exploring like Amiga, some of the Commodore stuff that I missed. Because, you know, I, I, the first computer was a Commodore 64, but then I used that for however long we had it before we got a 486. So, you know, I kind of jumped straight into DOS and early Windows there. So I skipped Amiga. I skipped the, the later 8-bits, the 128 and stuff like that. So I've been going back and trying to explore some of that stuff. And all of the archives for the old software, this goes for the old Atari 8-bits, early Macs, stuff like that. All of it is the stuff that was pirated. It's all the cracked stuff. It's all the pirated stuff. That's what got archived. That's what got preserved. For the most part, the commercial copies of stuff are not what you... Like, you go on archive.org, you go on any of the archives selling... You know, not selling, but the... You know, letting you download classic games, ROMs, stuff like that. It's all the pirated stuff that got backed up. It's not... I mean, sure, people still have you know cartridge collections and disc collections for early consoles, but it's the pirated stuff that's available. So if you want to talk about from a preservation perspective, that alone means that getting the cracked games and burning them off to disc and keeping them separate and safe is probably the right way to go. I don't know, for that, we'd have to show that there isn't a legitimate copy, I don't know, at Atari for their older games. That, that, the company that made those no longer exists. That's the company that holds the name Atari is just a holding company that bought it and has been publishing. Cool. But whenever they bought it, they also bought the assets. Did they not save any of that? I have no idea. Because I know there are a lot of older movies that I'm not going to find an easy copy of, like The Red Shoes. But uh, I also know that they're archived by the Library of Congress. So... I don't know. I just, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy that if you're trying to get into this stuff after the fact, it's probably the pirated stuff that you're going to find, not not legit. And I was wondering, um, did you actually look to see if you could actually find or buy any of the legit? Yes, I did. And I did purchase the legitimate copy of the Amiga ROMs. There is a company selling them, Cloanto. Most of the emulators, most of the software stacks for doing some of the advanced stuff with like running it on Raspi or the FPGA implementations and stuff like that, they expect you to have the the legitimate ROMs for running the systems. And they're not expensive. The company that sells them sells a little kit. It's like 40 bucks. 
has all the ROMs, has some software bundled up with it. Yeah, you know, it was it's reasonable, and I was able to get it. And there are still people making new games for these systems and selling them. <coughs> but most of the companies that made all the old games have long since been bought out, went out of business, assets, God knows where. So there's also the practical aspect that if I'm pirating a 30-year-old video game, the likelihood of anybody coming to sue me for it's pretty low. <laughs> yeah. But that's also a question on how should we redo on copyright? Because I've run into this uh, at least when I'm looking for old television shows. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a TV show, Dark Skies. It ran for one season. It's a great sci-fi show that was retro. It came out in the uh, late 90s. And it's set back in the 50s and 60s. But it's a pretty much alien invasion sci-fi show. Alternate history. Really, I I thought it was a great show and it should have continued. But uh, it's not on a streaming service. And I'm not able to find an actual copy to purchase. They may not have put one out. Yeah, they might not have put one out. But uh, I can find episodes on... Or my favorite one that I've already spoken of, uh, Wolf. They put it out for sale once. Hasn't put it out since. And if you're not selling the product, how long should you be allowed to set on it before the copyright should be put out? Ten years. It should be given up. That was the original term of copyright, right? Was ten years? Possibly. Something like that. I think we should go back to that. Yeah, I think we should. The whole... 70 years plus the life of the author? No. Especially if you're not putting the shit out there. Copyright wasn't meant to prevent me from seeing something. It was prevent. It was to allow you to profit for bringing something good into the world. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 70 years plus however long it's been, or life of the author plus however long it's been since Walt Disney died is really getting old. So. <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse is supposed to be public domain next year. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, right. (laughs) Even if it does go public domain, Disney will just sue the pants off anybody who tries. Well, maybe not. They're not doing very well. (laughs) Disney Um, gonna tell me Disney stock's gonna go back up. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. I'm gonna go with Disney stock may go back up. They can fix the company. I just don't know that they will. And the first person they're gonna be suing has the money to fight them back. Thank you, Parker and Stone. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. All right, let's do this next one. This is from Torrent Freak. While no digital content is ever immune from being copied and distributed illegally, photographs and other images are especially vulnerable. Tools enabling users to download, copy, and share, and then ultimately mass distribute images exist in or are accessible from most phones, tablets, and computers. Photographers aside, no businesses are more aware of these vulnerabilities than publishers of Japanese comics, commonly known as manga. While manga's cartoon cousin anime has at least larger file sizes in its favor, manga is compact, easily copied, and uh, simplicity itself to distribute. It's not—it's a fact not lost in some of the world's leading pirate sites, some fueled entirely by pirated manga. To that background, it's not hard to sympathize with the plight of major Japanese publishers. Oh God, how do I say those names? Uh, Shikusha, Condensha. Kodaka and Shogun Kakan. I butchered all of those. 
everyone enjoy that. Bullet cops has just been a murder. <laughs> they're leaving no stone unturned to limit piracy in their some of their easily copied products. But when countermeasures begin to ne- negatively affect subscribers in the legal market, that raises questions of how far companies should go. Uh, launched by publisher Shishuya in 2018, Yan Jan is among a growing number of legal manga apps fighting for market share in an extremely popular market sector. Boasting well over a million downloads on Google Play alone, Yan Jan can also be downloaded from Apple's App Store, something that led to unforeseen events according to one user. Quote, while I was reading 100 Kano on Yan Jan, my smartphone started vibrating. I took a screenshot of a message saying my account was suspended, which made me angry. Unquote. X Twitter user. X slash Twitter user. <sighs> Daya Uno $4 explains. Quote. We have suspended your use of this service because we have confirmed that it has been used to fraudulently and or used fraudulently and violated our terms of service. Unquote. The message above reads, quote, this app prohibits screenshots, video recording and screen mirroring while viewing works. Unquote. So the app is actively saying you're not allowed to take screenshots of your phone while using this app. I, I mean, that's kind of kind of uh, invasive, <laughs> and it's not. You can't take screenshots of the app because I can have multiple things on, and I don't know. Be taking a screenshot of a photo Morp sent me to send to someone else, and have the app minimized in the background of my phone. It's no screenshots at all while you have this app on your phone. Or so, running. But that, that it's the screenshots is what it was. So um, the in-app message included an invitation for Daya Uno $4 to contact Yan Jan for a discussion. The message received back from Yan Jan is shown below in Japanese, followed by the English summary. Quote, we have detected you have taken screenshots and video recordings. This also applies to screen mirroring with Manga Viewer more than a certain number of times on your account. So we have taken measures to suspend your use of the service, unquote, the message notes. The overall tone is that since these activities are banned, suspensions are indeed warranted. In this case, however, Daya Uno $4 received a second chance, along with warnings not to repeat the same conduct, which is expressly forbidden by a section in the app's uh, Terms of Service Agreement, the company said. Unfazed by aspiring mass of legal text that realistic nobody is going to read, we can confirm that screenshots are indeed outlawed. And they've got the translated version below. Yeah, when using the service, the user shall not engage in any act that falls under the or may fall under the following items. If any of the acts are confirmed, the company may take appropriate measures at its discretion, including the suspending of use of all service or deleting the account without prior notice, uh, reproduction, including screenshots and video recording, distribution, public transmission, modification, licensing of use to third parties and other purposes other than the user's own personal use. In many cases... Mirroring it could be on personal use. What if I don't like the little screen on my phone? Because manga, it's not a text... Not completely text. It's most... It's... It's visual. It's a very visual art form. I want to see the big, glossy, nice black and white photos. Or if it's colored manga, which is more expensive and rare, I want to see, you know, the nice, pretty pictures while I'm reading the dialogue in the little thought bubbles. I don't want to see that on my little phone. I want to see that on my 20-inch screen 
Well, the screen mirroring one is is yeah because that's built into most of the operating or most of the phones these days, and um, a lot of the Samsung. Well, I think all I think a lot of the Android stuff is doing it now, but I know Samsung for sure was doing it, where they had different modes where you could hook the phone or a tablet to a, a screen, keyboard, and mouse, and kind of use it like a like a desktop. And I could see it thinking that's screen mirroring, even though you probably can't even see it on the phone screen. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting one on the screen mirroring part. Yeah, um, that's crap. But I thought most of the manga pirates would just buy the original manga, destroy the book, and scan it anyway. So what are you preventing? <laughs> I mean... Um, yeah, in many cases, screenshots can be entirely harmless, but for content like manga, a series of screenshots can amount to a perfect copy of an entire publication, with the potential for or onward sharing via any number of easily accessible tools. There's no suggestion that Daya Uno $4 distributed anything, but according to the manga fans' explanation, they had no intention of taking any screenshots at all. The usual method to take a screenshot on an iPhone is to press the power button on the right edge of the device at the same time as pressing volume up on the left. And as somebody who has a bumper on my phone that makes those buttons bigger, it's easy to take accidental screenshots. I've done it fairly often. You'll be scrolling through your photos and find a whole bunch of pictures of your home screen. And it's like, eh, my phone must have been in my pocket. You know, I mean, I've, we've all done it. Um, yeah. However, by entering the settings menu, there's an option on the device's accessibility menu to take a screenshot by tapping the back of the phone instead. Daya Uno $4 believes that this led to their phone taking screenshots accidentally when viewing manga on the app. While that may indeed be the case, a tweet posted by the same user in October mentioned the tapped function revealed that the app handed out warnings back then for exactly the same thing. Quote, there's a function on the iPhone that lets you take screenshots by tapping on the back, but when I was reading a manga for a manga app, for some reason the function reacted and took a screenshot regardless of my intention, and I was told don't take screenshots, don't be silly, I'll ban you if you do that again. Unquote. Message has been displayed twice this week alone. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I understand, again, they're trying to prevent piracy, but that's getting a little heavy handed of giving you nasty messages about just taking a screenshot of what's on your phone. What if you're legitimately trying to solve a problem because maybe a page is bad and you want to be able to show that, hey, this thing's not rendering correctly or there's a problem with the app it's a legitimate troubleshooting tool yeah and that i know no one ever reads the whole you give this phone this uh program permission to read your entire life and post it to facebook but uh they should and i say no to that a lot like, why do you need my contacts? Why do you need to contact somebody? I'm downloading shit from them. They don't need to be downloading shit from me. <laughs> Every once in a while, the place I go to to get my hair cut will say, oh, we don't have your address on file. Can we get that? And I say, what do you need my address for? And the girl usually looks at me and goes, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, they're not going to argue with me, but they're still going to ask every once in a while. Yeah, this is what they're being paid to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, again, I'm not even mean about it. I'm just like, what do you need that for? And it's like, does does knowing where I live affect how you're going to cut my hair? Then you don't need it. So it's like I get enough junk mail as it is, for God's sake. 
anyways. Continuing the trend of companies, again, not caring about you owning anything, but certainly claiming they own everything. This one's from Ars Technica. On Wednesday, Meta released a free standalone AI image generator website, quote, uh, Imagine with Meta AI, unquote, based on its EMU image synthesis model. Meta used 1.1 billion publicly visible Facebook and Instagram images to train the AI model, which can render a a novel image from a written prompt. Previously, Meta's version of this technology using the same data was only available in messaging and social networking apps such as Instagram. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, it's quite possible a picture of you or that you took helped train EMU. In a way, the old saying, quote, if you're not paying for it, you are the product, unquote, has taken on a whole new meaning. Although as of 2016, Instagram users uploaded over 95 million photos a day. So the data set Meta used to train its AI model was a small subset of the overall photo library. Since Meta says it only uses publicly available photos for training, setting your photos to private on Instagram or Facebook... <coughs> excuse me, should prevent their inclusion in the company's future AI model training unless it changes the policy. Similar to stable diffusion, okay, blah, blah, blah. It just goes on explaining AI image generators. You know, we've enjoyed hearing from people how they're using Imagine Meta's AI. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, they've got some quotes in here about Facebook and Instagram made it possible to even train the images because of course it did. So, yeah. Uh, at EMU's heart, however, is an aforementioned passive pre-training data set of 1.1 billion image text pairs pulled from Facebook and Instagram. In the EMU research paper, Meta does not specify where that training data came from, but reports from Meta Connect 2023 conference site Meta President of Global Affairs Nick Clegg confirming that they were using social media posts as training data for AI models, including images fed into EMU. It's a change in approach over other AI companies since Meta has access to so much image and caption data from its services. Other image synthesis model uses images that have been uh, illicitly scraped from the internet, licensed from commercial stock image libraries, or a combination of both. Interesting, Meta's research paper on EMU is the first paper on major image synthesis model we've seen that doesn't disclaim the potential for the model to create reality warping disinformation or harmful content. It feels like a reflection of the general acceptance or resignation to of the uh, reality of AI image synthesis, and that, which is now becoming far more commonplace, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, um, any you know photos you were uploading to Facebook and Instagram, Meta is using to train their image model. Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but again, it's the whole, uh, you know, we can do what we want, and you don't have any property rights because you're, co- you're not a big company. That end, uh, as they said in the article... If you're not the customer, you're the product. Well, or the product in Facebook. It is the same Nick Clegg, the former British Deputy Prime Minister. Interesting that he works for Meta now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Gee, how did that happen? (laughs) I wonder how that happened. Like, I just heard Nick Clegg, and I'm like, can't be. There's no fucking way. That that is such a conflict of oh my fucking god it is. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, you you knew he had his golden parachute when he left government. Oh, I didn't realize he'd been knighted since then. It's Sir Nick Clegg. Wow. So and you know you're you know, they're right about this being to be the product and all that, but 
I still feel, you know, if you're uploading your photos to Instagram or Facebook, it's for one of two reasons. Either you want your friends and your family to see these posts, and it's easier than trying to figure out how to run your own website, or you're trying to become famous and, you know, build a social media presence. So if you're the latter type where you're just wanting everything you do out there publicly to, you know, become famous, uh, you probably, wait, if you are famous, you might care that they've done this. But if it's just your photos to share with your friends and family, because it's easier than trying to figure out how to email very large, high definition photos, which totally a thing. Um, you know, sure. You might've accepted that you're going to see ads and, you know, all that stuff for using the service. This is a a significant change in how your information is being used. And I kind of feel like they should have asked before they've done it. You know, yeah, I'm sure their terms of service say they have the right to do whatever the hell they want with anything you upload. And I know that, and you know that, and anybody who gives a second thought about how these services work probably realizes that. But most people never thought of it that way. Most people thought this is something where I can upload my photos and share it with my friends. And I'll see ads, and Facebook will sell marketing data, and that's the transaction. Well, this is Facebook changing the deal. Now, presently, it's a free image generator. So maybe it doesn't matter. But, you know, these AI models are going to start making money for somebody at some point. So I'm not sure how much it is Facebook changing the deal is. You're just now realizing how much the we own everything you post to Facebook means. That's, a, that's an interesting point. They never said that we're just going to use this for selling advertising or even that they're going to sell it for advertising. They said everything you put on Facebook, give up rights to. They've been up front on, well, as up front as an evil corporation is going to be, <laughs> that we're going to use everything that you put here for our profit. It's just we've invented a new way of profiting from this. So, I'm not going to go with, it's bad, I'm thinking we just, when we first started talking about who owns your stuff, we needed to give it a lot more consideration on who owns your information, and right now it's who's collecting it, not who's generating it. Well, and a lot of people made the decisions about trusting these companies, geez, it's getting on a decade ago now, and... You know, smartphones weren't what they were, what they are now. It wasn't something everybody was on constantly. It was kind of a niche thing you did on the side. So a lot of those choices were made when the culture was a little bit less uh, integrated into technology. Retarded. Yeah, retarded yeah, they were also thinking this was uh, this is a better version of the BBS I used to use mm -hmm. here, and uh, there's more people on it. Because if you looked at early Facebook, after it left the college scene, it was a bunch of hobbyists still doing their old BBS shit. And then it blew up even more to everything. Now it's eating the internet. I know businesses that don't have websites, they don't have their own pages anymore. It's, we're on Facebook, you'll find us there. We don't need a website. Yeah. 
So I don't know. It's just uh something yeah, you're right. I think most people just weren't aware of it and if we just need to push the generators of the information of their uh, of the data own it at the collectors until we sell it. Need to go clip Fry screaming, "Stop being so stupid!" Just have that on the soundboard, ready to go. <laughs> and I haven't made that change. I'm I'm still not an active Facebook user. <laughs> me, see, me too. But just bump them, man. Me too. Never had a page. Never want one. Have a page. Never post anything to it. I was set up a page. I don't know where it is. Oh, that's right. They posted <laughs> a penguin Facebook. to it. Yeah. Madman with a penguin. <laughs> uh, when small children randomly ask you questions, it's not always random. <laughs> Warning to the entire world. And you need to get on their parents. They were too young to be on Facebook. <laughs> Not only were the questions not random, <laughs> you really shouldn't have answered them. I was playing Call of Duty shooting zombies at the time. I was thinking what they were asking me. Alright, next article is from Wired, although the link's actually through archive.org, but it's it's for Wired. Police can spy on your iOS and Android push notifications. Governments can access records related to push notifications from mobile apps by requesting that data from Apple and Google, according to details in court records and a U.S. senator. I don't know that I even need to read the whole story. The headline tells it right there. So it does sound like they have to at least go through the legal process and make a request. It doesn't sound like a warrant, though. U.S. Senator Ron Wyden, ordinary Democrat, highlighted the government surveillance technique in a letter sent to the U.S. Department of Justice. Wyden is specifically asking the DOJ to allow Google and Apple to discuss government requests for push notification records with their users, which Wyden says the U.S. government has required them to keep secret. Push notifications. This are our notifications from those companies, right? This is going to be any pop-up notification on your phone. Yeah, but it's uh, from, like... Whatever company I've decided to do business with pushing this to me. Not something I'm... Like, it's a notification from Pizza Hut saying, hey, we're having a sale. Or Amazon saying your purchase has shipped. Or, um, you know, whatever thing you've subscribed to popping up on your phone to let you know about it. Or that you just got an email or a text message. Uh, on some of these, I'm seeing... They wouldn't need a warrant if the gov- if the business wants to comply. Because warrants are to protect that business info. So if they want to let, you know, like Second and Charles, if they want to let the FBI know that, yeah, we sent out this push notification to everyone in existence that got 20% off of all purchases next Tuesday, the company that they're wanting isn't challenging and asking for a warrant. Like, if Cops can knock on my door right now and ask to look around. I can let them without the warrant, or I can ask for a warrant. It's the business not asking for a warrant. Quote, now, it's, uh, in quote, in, in the spring of 2022, my office received a tip that government agencies in foreign countries were demanding smartphone push notification records from Google and Apple, unquote, Ryden wrote in the letter. 
which was first reported by Reuters. Quote, my staff have been investigating this tip for the past year, which includes contacting Apple and Google. In response to that query, the companies told my staff that information about this practice is restricted from public release by the government, unquote. This isn't public release. This is You said a senator was asking about it. Yes. That's not public release. That's the senator doing his job of government oversight to verify that you're doing what's allowed. And they're saying that basically they're getting they're, they're getting national security letters telling them you're not allowed to talk about it. You talk about it, you he, go to jail. He's a senator. He, he might not no, be no. allowed to talk to me about it yet. That's why they're talk about it. That's why they're telling him that that's what they have to say. They can probably talk about it with the senator. But that's why it hasn't been public before now. It's only they're public not talking because about he the put senator. it out. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying they weren't even going to talk to the senator about it. Uh that, that's just um that's just what they, that's the first quote from the article. Okay. So they're, okay. Yeah. According to Wyden, the records that governments can obtain from Apple and Google include metadata, which reveals which app a person uses when they've received notifications and the phone associated with a particular Google or Apple account. The contents of the push notifications is not included in the information for some apps. Law enforcement could obtain information about the content of specific pushes to additional requests based on the information. So, the problem I have here is this is all done in secret. This is all done behind the scenes. And I, this kind of shit, you should have a warrant. Yes, I know it's going to Google and not to you, but I feel like if you're going to, you know, dig into some, you know, the whole point of the warrant was to protect you from unreasonable search and seizure. Okay, fine. It's through a servicing company, not the person. It still should apply. That's... Yeah, that's mine. That's my thought on this, is that they should... Yeah, fine, if you're going to Google, they should still have to get a warrant. The problem is, it, apparently, Google and Apple are getting national security letters and told that, yeah, they don't... They don't they're not going to get a warrant. They're just going to do it, and if the company tells people that they're doing it, they'll get in trouble. That's bullshit. Yeah. Federal, they uh, should better say, we've been asked about this info to our customers. Do you want to still do business with us? Because that's... That's that's hampering their freedom of speech, and on on the push notifications, it, I'm I'm comfortable because on some of them, it is my info. Like if I have notifications from my email provider that I'm doing business with, they're storing my info. They're not. They're not my info. It's like a, if I'm having it stored in a um. Crap, uh, storage building that I'm renting. I they still have to get the warrant naming me in my storage building. Yeah, they can't just go ask the manager of the storage building to get in my shit. My email's the same fucking way. So, so some push notifications, it's the business's info they're pushing out to me unsolicited. Fine, if the business wants to cooperate, that's good. Some of it's my info, and they need a warrant to get my shit. <laughs> so because it's now public because of Wyden's letter, Apple has said they're going to start including the push notification requests in their transparency reports, and Google says they're, they've been including them, but they're going to make them more prominent because now they don't have to be quite as uh, cloak and dagger about it because, you know, it's been made public. So I think what Wyden did here is actually a pretty good thing. I just... Fuck. Shit gets old, man. I know it goes on. It's been going on for years because we've talked about it several times. But 
oh, it's fucked up, and it's fucked up that the senator would be getting any trouble looking into it when it's his job. Oversight is part of Congress's job. He's actually doing something he's supposed to do instead of whacking off in a corner or taking bribes from an intern. I, I was going to make a joke, but then I couldn't. I, I was going to make a joke, but then I couldn't decide which senator I wanted to say they're doing that because it's like most of them. So, <sighs> next article is from The Verge. Uh, Microsoft to offer consumers paid Windows 10 security updates for the first time. Uh, Microsoft will allow customers to pay for extended security updates for Windows 10 when support for the operating system ends in 2025. Software giant usually only offers paid security updates for organizations that need to keep running older versions. Now plans offer them to individuals for the first time through an annual subscription service instead of extending the support date for Windows 10. Quote, while we strongly recommend moving to Windows 11, never answering the question of why, We understand that there are circumstances that could prevent you from replacing a Windows 10 device before the end of support date, especially when the fact that Windows 11 requires a bunch of different hardware stuff. So, yeah, I've got a couple of devices that say, you know, yeah, Windows 11 won't work on your machine. Go buy a new one. It actually says that in the Windows thing that, yo, you need new hardware. Here's here's a link to go buy a Microsoft Surface. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) Um yeah, the ESU program for Windows 10 will include critical and or important security updates. ESU does not include new features, customer requested non-security updates, or design change requests. Technical support beyond the ESU itself is also not available. Windows 10 end of, you know, even if you're paying for it, if you have any problems, you're on your own. Uh, Windows 10 end of support date is October 14th, 2025, just over 10 years after Microsoft first launched the OS. Really? Been that long already? I didn't know it had been that long. Jeez. Many had expected Microsoft to extend Windows 10 support, particularly because it's still widely used and there is such a big gap, nearly six years between Windows 10 and 11. So it's a surprise that Microsoft is offering regular users the same ESU program available to businesses for three years of additional security patches. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft may be forced to offer free Windows 10 security updates beyond the end of support anyways. Windows XP received a highly unusual patch in 2017, three years after extended support ended, to prevent a large ransomware attack. If Windows 10 falls victim to something similar in the future, we could see it, yeah. So, I, you know, yeah, Microsoft is trying to get people on the rolling updates train so that they can just continue to change it. Yeah, you know, it kind of goes back to the, what we were talking about. It's like, oh, hey, what if I want to run an old version of Windows? Well, according to Microsoft, you can't. Although it's, it's not as bad as Adobe saying they'll sue you for running old versions of Photoshop. So, On this, it's not quite that they're saying you can't, it's that they're not going to support it. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that's... That is a bit of a difference. Yeah, it's, it, it is, it's actually a big difference. And it's, it's not an unfair thing, you know, because... It's not a secret that Microsoft stopped supporting the operating systems after so long. So, but the fact yeah, that they, they should be upfront yeah. whenever you're um, initially buying it, like this is what we have, and we'll give you so many years of support. This is our price. Because mm-hmm. that's what you're paying for. Now, what I would be pissed off is if they're going to force an update or force me to buy something new. But if they're going to say we're not going to patch it, okay, I'll run it at my own risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's not and, nearly as bad as what Adobe put out a couple of. Uh, I think it's been. I think it's been a year. 
they were actually they actually put out a state uh, a letter to somebody saying that running old versions of uh, the uh, Creative Suite before they turned it into a cloud subscription that they had they said something like we have revoked all older licenses and if you run this software you know this older code even if you purchased it it's considered piracy and we could sue you for it. That's so not like, piracy and go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's kind of my and thought too. <laughs> when it comes to this, I also want to say. If I want to run an older version of Windows and I want to patch it myself, you can't be bitching at me for fucking with your code. You're not supporting it. I get to fix my shit. Well, you, or that's pay hard someone to do else to fix code. my shit. Yeah, we'll decompile it. On my computer. We Mad have the man? source code. It's running. You're, you're, <clears> you're <throat> not wrong that you can decompile things, but have you ever actually looked at decompiled code versus just written code? Nope. Okay. That's I didn't why say you it say was going to be a option. cheap thing. That's why you say it's an option. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a cheap thing, but I'll also say once we do that, I wonder how many people are going to be paying Madman security updates and just keep running Windows 10 forever. I mean... For a while, you had other companies trying to do that, you know, offering extended support for stuff, but a lot of them get sued. So, if you're not going to support it, giving up your right to it. I purchased this; I get to fix it. Now, once I fix it, if somebody else wants to pay me for the knowledge I've just gained by fixing your shit, you should have kept supporting it Ooh. or offering the paid support model. I just realized several governments actually got Windows support code or a uh, uh, source code from Microsoft because their their intelligence agencies were auditing it. And Microsoft actually gave them the source code to, you know, prove their their points. So you it, it, that code could be floating around out there, just saying. Uh it could be. Last article is from Ars Technica. Google calls drive data loss fixed and locks forum threads saying otherwise. <laughs> Google is dealing with its second, quote, lost data, uh, unquote, fiasco in the past few months. This time it's Google Drive, which has been mysteriously losing files for some people. Google acknowledged the issue on November 27th, and a week later it posted what it called a fix. It doesn't feel like Google is describing the issue correctly. The company says calls it a syncing issue with the drive desktop versions uh, 84.0.0.0 through 84.0.4.0. Uh, syncing problems would mean the files don't make it to or from the cloud. It doesn't explain why people are completely losing files. In the most popular issue thread on the Google Drive community forum, several users described spreadsheets and documents going missing, which would all have been created and saved, uh, it, which all would have been created and saved in the web interface, not the desktop app, and it's hard to see how the desktop app could affect that. Many users peg May 2023 as the time documents stop saving. Some say they've never used the desktop app. Drive has multiple way of syncing files, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so Google has started locking um, issue threads on this, saying they've already fixed it, saying it's duplicates. So but if it's... It's the thread. I should be on a post saying, haven't, you haven't fixed my problem. Yeah. Call me a liar, but I still get to say, you haven't fixed my problem. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, something went wrong. Google says they fixed it. People say they're still missing stuff. And Google saying, no, no, we fixed it. Shut up. 
So, oh, they could say we fixed the problem. It's not gonna your, it's not gonna happen again. Your stuff was permanently lost. I'm sorry, you can't get it. Back. I'm sorry, Mad Ben, your thread's just been locked. Those are those are both things that can be true. Going forward, this might not be a problem anymore. Your information is still gone. Mad Ben, your sorry. new thread was just locked again, and we've banned your account for posting uh, malicious content. Exactly. Oh fuck you in the entire world. <laughs> you get how this works now? Check this. I can make as many fake uh, email addresses as you can do bans. Not only this, but I have friends that'll make scripts that'll do this for me. <laughs> and thanks to AI generators, I'm gonna have a robot fucking cussing you out because I'm going to get a pizza and you're not worth my fucking time. I'm gonna automate <laughs> bombing your threadboard. You cop back. <laughs> I'm posting this to Reddit on how to fucking do it. And 4chan, one of the two will take advantage of this. Uh, is it dojo time yet? Yes, it is. Oh, this is going to be a dojo. <laughs> Unfortunately, Digital Dojo tonight is not Madman's, you know, Google harassment script. Although, we can talk, because Suave's been playing with AI generators, so it probably wouldn't be that hard to, <laughs> to do. Um, this is actually, because you can't trust companies to host shit for you, which if you haven't noticed was the theme tonight, uh, this is the GitHub list of awesome self-hosted software which is kind of amusing because GitHub is owned by Microsoft and you're trusting Microsoft to host this list for you. Anyways, um, it's basically a big-ass list of stuff you can run locally on your own network or on your own computers rather than trusting cloud services. So lots of stuff to dig into here. It's a huge list. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, the big one I was doing, wanting to look at, was the file st uh, storage which I'm not seeing now. I saw it earlier. File transfers and synchronization. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, zombies on there. Sync thing was the other one I was thinking that was cool. But um, yeah, there's, there's several links on here to um, file object storage, peer-to-peer -peer file sharing. Yeah, here it is. Here's the one I was looking at. Because there's, um, there's a couple of things on here for building decentralized systems with your friends. Um, you know, so yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in here. If you wanted to build up your own, uh, you know, file servers, your own systems between friends, group stuff, rather than, um, you know, trying to trust big cloud services that are going to scrape your shit to make AI and lose your stuff anyways. And, and then say, yeah, sorry, we lost your stuff, but we're keeping your money. So anyways, uh, oh, here it was, web-based file transfers. That was the one I was looking at earlier because it had file stash and a few other things in it that looked cool. Anyways, that's all I got for tonight. Of course, listen to the stream while I was working on it, peer decking every Thursday, although next week will probably be the last one we do this year, I'm guessing, just based on the holidays. Yeah, let's go ahead and call that now. We'll do the 14th, and that'll be the last one probably till the second week of January, I'm guessing.
Unless somebody's got a particular itch and we come back early, that's probably what we'll go with. So yeah, we'll say we'll say next week will be the last one, and then we'll come back second week of January. Uh, Galaxy 15 Radio site, the BBS, and the IRC. In the IRC tonight, Al Hazard, Psychros, Madman, myself, Neurobash, Sardonyx, and She. Madman, closing thoughts. Oh, there are some bourbons you should not pop open for beer decking. <laughs> and those are any limited edition bourbons. What you should do is wait till you're with your friends, pop it open, and all, all of you try it together. Yes, I agree with this. I bought a uh, Knob Creek Single Barrel Select Limited Edition Bourbon because it was there, and why the fuck not? I got one of the Four Roses one time. It was really good. This was really good. I enjoyed it the entire time we were talking, and I was drinking. And I'm still drinking. But, like, it would have been better with everybody enjoying it. And by everybody, I mean everyone on the same continent. You can enjoy it, too, or you just need to move here. That's uh, not my drink, man, man. I appreciate it. Oh, this would have changed your mind, my friend. It is the bourbon that will prevent us from falling into the sun. Oh, it's not fucking working, madman. It's 35 degrees. Drink more. <laughs> drink more, oh, madman. You heard the man. And there's solar storms, madman. Fucking drink. <laughs> you heard I, the I man. Never said, I never said it would prevent solar storms. I said it's what prevents us from falling into the sun. All right, are you closing thoughts? Oh, that's about it. Madman needs to drink more. It's too goddamn hot. <laughs> Starting to regret stripping the air conditioning pump out of my car now. There you go. Okay, some things are not worth that extra point seven seconds on the quarter mile, dude. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think, but some people do. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. Let's play some sound effects. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Man, I'm sorry about this. I hope this doesn't ruin your day. Security, security, she's got a break.